You're listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number 21. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about new relationships after the divorce or the breakup. This is a topic that a lot of people requested, and I realize and understand this can be really scary or it can be really exciting, depending on what your experience was in previous relationships. And It also depends on what your perception of relationships is and how that has been shaped over time. I'm going to call that in this episode, the filter with which you see the world, because we all have different filters. So I'm going to address it in a couple of different ways. If you haven't ventured into a new relationship yet after that emotional abuse or after the divorce or breakup, and then also if you're, if you're thinking about getting into a new relationship and Maybe you're already in one and maybe you're struggling. Either way, there are several things that you really need to know and that's what I'm going to be sharing today. The thing is, emotional abuse, betrayal, narcissistic abuse, divorce, traumas, breakups in general, really, they all take a major toll on us and that's probably putting it lightly. But it ends up leaving these unseen scars and we have these leftover habits and maybe bad behaviors And there are a lot of emotions that go along with this. After my divorce, I knew exactly what it felt like, that fear of getting into a new relationship. And I also know what it was like to get into that new relationship and then go through the healing of emotional abuse while I was still in that new relationship. So if you're struggling with deciding if a new relationship is right for you, If you're struggling with fear or trust or self-doubt, or if you're having problems in your new relationship right now after experiencing heavy abuse or trauma or betrayal, then grab a piece of paper and a pen and take some notes and stay tuned because this episode is for you. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host, and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny. So let's get started. Okay, so I have five things that you're going to need to know. But before I dive into this, I really want to start with a statement that I believe is really important to hold dear to yourself. The hurt that you've experienced in former relationships has nothing to do with you. And I know that you're probably thinking, but it feels like it does. And you've maybe even heard this before, and it sounds really fluffy and positive, but here's what I mean. If you were cheated on, if you were emotionally abused, if you were hurt so deeply in a relationship by someone that you trusted, that doesn't mean you have to carry that with you for the rest of your life or even into the next relationship. The actions of the person who hurt you, do not define who you are. Their actions aren't about you or your worth. So let me explain. If someone cheated on you, 
that doesn't mean you weren't good enough to be loyal to. What it means is that the person who did the cheating acted in a way that had everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. And again, as I said earlier, everyone has a filter with which they see the world. And that filter is created based on the programming that they've experienced throughout their lifetimes, from their childhood to the friendships that they had, to the relationships, how they were parented, how they were taught in school, the society, all of those things shape our filter with which we see the world. And even the cheater or the betrayer or the abuser has a filter. So if they hurt you, it wasn't because of you. It was because of them and their filter and their programming. So let's think think of it like this. They needed to fill a need within themselves to feel loved, to feel attractive, to feel powerful, to feel in control. So we can't possibly know what drives people to betray or to hurt others, but we can know that it's always about them and it's never about us. But, and this is important, the pain we feel about other people's actions comes from our own subconscious beliefs. All of our emotions come from our subconscious beliefs. We cannot experience any emotion without a belief that comes first. So it goes like this, the beliefs in the subconscious, then the emotions, then the behaviors. So if you were emotionally abused or criticized constantly, maybe controlled or manipulated, gaslit, betrayed, what are you making that mean about you? So with your paper and pen, I'd love for you to write that down. What am I making this mean about me? Are you believing things like, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, I can't do anything right, I should have been a better wife or a better girlfriend? Remember, and I've said this so many times before, a belief is just any thought that isn't 100% true for 100% of people 100% of the time. And if you're carrying a belief around that he cheated on me because I wasn't good enough, It's time to question that. In what ways were you good enough? In what ways were you loyal? In what ways were you fun and spontaneous? In what ways did you put your relationship first? In what ways did you show your love and care in that relationship? Because we know when we look at these questions that those were specific examples and that we have instances where we can show our mind these things. The reason this is important is because our minds operate out of habit. If other people have told us we weren't good enough throughout our lives, if our parents ignored us when we did a little song and dance as a child, if we were put down, criticized regularly, all of that ends up reinforcing the belief that I'm not good enough. And so when we were betrayed, abused, or cheated on, you guessed it, that belief surfaces again and we end up believing it because we think it's about us. We think it's about us that we were cheated on. When the reality is, it can't be about us. The person who did the betrayal or the abuse has their own wounds, has their own programming and their own filter with which they experience and perceive the world. They have their own internal emotional needs to fulfill. It's why some people can be so loyal and some people cannot. It's why some people abuse and others do not. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. So the first thing I want you to know 
is that other people's actions towards you is not because of you or your worthiness. Even if someone treats you perfectly, it isn't because of your worthiness. It's because of their programming and their filter, their beliefs about how they should treat people and their perceptions of the world. Your worth is the gift you were born with as a human that can never be taken away. And I don't want you to get this confused either. This isn't about condoning a behavior because people are programmed a certain way. No, we're not saying that, oh, it must be okay because they have a filter or they have programming. No, we're not saying that. We're just showing you and explaining that this is how the brain is wired. It's how all humans are wired. Okay, so the five things you need to know, whether you're in a new relationship or you're thinking about getting into one. There might be things that surface that really don't align with healthy relationships, and I'm going to talk to you about them today so you can either get ahead of these issues in case you think they might come up or resolve them now if they already have come up. So number one, there could be trust issues, skepticism, things like that when you enter into a new relationship. So when you've been hurt, trust is really difficult, but the problem here is that no one you enter into a new relationship wants to feel like they can't be trusted because of the person who hurt you previously. They're not that same person that hurt you, and they don't want to feel like they are that same person. This can be extremely damaging to a new or existing relationship if you're highly skeptical and highly untrusting of your partner because of the previous trauma. So what do you do? How do you trust someone when you've been so guarded? and don't want to be hurt again. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Trusting someone doesn't actually cause them to behave in trusting ways. Offering trust doesn't ensure that they will be loyal to you. So if you don't trust someone who's never given you a reason not to trust them, it will just create resentment. The trust in others doesn't mean they won't betray you. It's the trust in you, the trust in yourself, that you'll be okay even if they do. It's trust in yourself that you can see the red flags. It's trust in you that you will be confident enough to end the relationship if you don't feel right about it. Then ask yourself, what am I thinking most often when I'm feeling mistrust? You might find you're feeling things like, he's trying to hurt me, all men are bad, I can't protect myself, I'm not good at relationships. And these are just examples. Whatever it is, it's going to be unique to you based on your programming and your filter of how you perceive the world. Just know where the source of the mistrust is and that is gonna help tremendously. And the source is not other people's actions like most people might think, it's what you're believing and the meaning you're giving to these situations. Okay, so number two, you might find yourself repeating bad relationship habits. Okay, now I have to throw this one in here because if you've been emotionally abused like I was, you might have found that you did things to protect yourself and that's completely normal. So let's start with one that I experienced and I'm not saying everyone lies who's been abused, but I did. I lied to protect myself. I lied to keep the peace in my marriage. I lied to avoid criticisms and punishments and silent treatments. And this became a really bad habit for me. So I, when I went into a new relationship, I found these bad habits were surfacing all over again. 
And lies in a relationship, no matter how little or insignificant they might seem, never help a relationship grow. The reason this is so important is because what we need to do is take inventory of our habits. Do you tell little white lies to avoid conflict? Do you fawn with the new partner because you did that with the old partner? Do you freeze when there's a confrontation or an argument? Do you stonewall your partner because that's how you survived the last relationship? Are you ignoring problems because it feels safer than addressing them? Are you making excuses up because you can't say no? This is so important if you want a healthy relationship with a new partner. We have to be really self-aware of our habits and our patterns of behavior so that we can work on them so that we don't drag the past into the present or into the future. So for number two, it's be aware of your bad habits. Number three, you might become defensive and this is completely normal, especially if you were on the receiving end of attacks or criticism a lot. But the problem with this is that defensiveness makes our relationship seem like it's a battle when we should be looking at it like we're on the same team. Now, if your new partner is in fact attacking you or unfairly criticizing you in ways that you recognize that are hurtful or abusive and not helpful to the relationship, then by all means, defend yourself. But it's really, really crucial to be able to discern between an actual attack and your partner wanting to talk to you about improving the relationship. And here's where we have to get out of emotion and think more logically. If we feel attacked, we might react. And knee-jerk reactions aren't going to bring us closer to our partners. It will only cause more conflict. So what you can do is breathe. Bring oxygen back to your prefrontal cortex. Take a minute so you can stay calm and think logically. There is science behind this. Bringing that oxygen into your lungs, into your bloodstream, and into your brain is going to help you. Think more logically and get yourself out of emotional states. Then ask yourself, when my partner asks me to put my dish in the dishwasher, what am I believing? And I'm using this as a simple example, but if you're believing things like he's trying to control me or he thinks I'm a slob or I must be lazy, then of course you're going to be defensive, right? Our thoughts happen within milliseconds. When we feel something like defensiveness, which is actually fear, the thoughts of our subconscious happen so quickly we can barely recognize it. That's why we have to stop and breathe and start thinking. Start questioning what's going on inside of our minds that is causing that feeling or emotion. Awareness is really and truly the very first step. If you're not aware, you can't fix it. So once you identify that you're feeling this emotion, then you can identify the beliefs that you have that are causing those reactions and those emotions. You can begin to look for other possibilities. And when our mind goes down on this triggering path over and over, we just have to get it off that triggering path to change the emotion so that we can start to feel differently. And ask yourself, what else is possible? What else have I not considered here? So for number three, all about defensiveness, get into the thoughts so that you can understand what is creating those emotions.
All right, so number four, you might experience fear of rejection or abandonment. Okay, so especially if you've been hurt, if you've been rejected, if you've been abandoned before, this could be very difficult to deal with. Your behaviors could show up as extreme jealousy or extreme neediness. If you haven't heard from your partner in a few hours, your brain could spiral into all kinds of horrible thoughts. This has happened to me before, and it may have happened to you as well. If you know you have a fear of abandonment or rejection, it's so important to work on those things within yourself. You can start with self-love and self-compassion. That is an excellent place to start. But again, those fears are stemming from your programming and all the subconscious beliefs inside your mind, which run 95% of the show. Even if you know logically with that 5% part of your conscious mind that you know you're a good person and that you know that you're worthy and even if you believe consciously that your significant other won't leave you, that 95% will still win out every single time unless you change the programming. If you have beliefs like everyone leaves me, people reject me, I have to be perfect, then of course you're going to have fears of rejection and abandonment. But I say this with so, so much compassion. Those kinds of insecurities will damage your relationships. So if you want to change that, you have to begin by getting to the source of your fears, which are the beliefs you have in your subconscious mind. Imagine what your relationships will continue to look like if you keep showing up in your relationships with fear of rejection and fear of abandonment. But also imagine what it could look like if you showed up with self-confidence and peace and no fear. All right, so number five, you could be self-sabotaging. And we can call this self-sabotage or we could call it relationship sabotage. And what happens here is we unconsciously behave in ways that sabotage our relationships because of what's going on in our subconscious mind that we are unaware of. So suppose that you said to me, I really want to be in a healthy relationship, but all my relationships just fail. I would first want to know, what is it about your relationships that you believe? Do you believe that all men are cheaters? Do you believe relationships never last? Do you believe people can't be trusted? Do you believe you'll never find a healthy relationship? So remember, our subconscious beliefs are what drive our emotions and our behaviors. So if you're believing people can't be trusted, your mind wants to be right and it will look for all the things to confirm that belief. When your partner forgets to tell you something, you'll immediately see that as people can't be trusted, even if your partner just truly forgot. So what do you do? You uncover these subconscious beliefs and you can do this through journaling very, very easily. So you would start with some prompts like, what am I believing about relationships? What do I believe about myself in relationships? This is where we pull back. We have to become an observer of our thoughts. We're stepping outside of ourselves and looking at ourselves from a brand new vantage point. What is it I am thinking most often when I'm feeling that the relationship is about to crumble? And what is it I would need to believe about relationships in order for mine to really thrive? If you answered that question with, I'd need to believe that people are loyal, then your subconscious belief is that people are not loyal. And then 
you need to start to explore other possibilities to that subconscious belief. Do you know anyone who is loyal? Is it possible that there are loyal people out there? So you see, it's not positive thinking or affirmations. It's literally brain training. It's rewiring the thoughts that are just running on autopilot that are driving your emotions and your behaviors. And if you want to change how you feel or how you behave and then how you show up in your relationships, then you have to get to the source, which again is your subconscious mind. Now, I do want to say everything I have mentioned here today has to do with working on you because reality is we cannot change other people. We can't get other people to behave how we want so that we will feel better. We got to work on ourselves so we can feel whole inside regardless of how other people are showing up. We still have choices. We can stay or we can go. We can work on it or we can leave it. But the healing practices we do for ourselves is really and truly the primary goal. So I hope this has been helpful to you. The main thing you want to know is that if you want to be in a new relationship or you want your current one to be happier and more successful, a relationship is a two-way street. Getting yourself healthy emotionally is your responsibility. This is something only you can take ownership of. But you have to enter all your relationships with 100%. A healthy relationship is not you bringing 50% and them bringing 50%. It's the both of you bringing 100% each. And if you bring your 100% and your partner doesn't, you can rest assured you are practicing being the best version of yourself, the healthiest that you can be, not only for your partner, but for yourself. The other thing I want you to know is relationships take practice. If you haven't gotten into a relationship yet, You can practice these things, like I mentioned today, so that when you do get into a relationship, you'll have already worked out a lot of those kinks. But I will say, sometimes we don't even know what will come up until we're actually in the relationship. We can think we know. We can think that we can anticipate all the things. But sometimes those things don't actually even emerge until we are actively in that relationship. So being with a partner oftentimes exposes those things that we need to work on the most, even if we didn't recognize it before. So with that being said, proceed with what you're comfortable with. If you want to work on you before you step out on a date, then great. If you want to start dating or try a new relationship, then go for it. If you're in a relationship already and there are struggles like the ones I mentioned today, get to the source and start rewiring your subconscious. You are worth it, and so are your relationships with the people you love. If you want to work with me one-on-one on on a much deeper level with this, just send me a message over on Instagram or on Facebook in the DMs. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out whentearsleavescars.com for more resources and information to help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in